Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of the Switcher Podcast. My name is Alex Harding. I'll be your host. I'm kind of a not a very good host, though, at the moment. I've half lost my voice, so we'll see how I go. I went to a, I went to a football game, well, Australian football, uh, on the weekends, and my voice is nearly gone. So I apologize for that, but I will make do. Um, I am joined here by my co-host, Nathan Rudge. Hello again. And the cynical guy, Jake Mouncey. Hi, hi. And we have a pretty news light, well, more quality, less quantity. So we've only got two news topics today, but obviously pretty big ones being Breath of the Wild sequel and uh, talk about E3. But we'll get to that as we normally do, though. We'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, Jake, do you want to start us off? Yeah, uh, surprise. I've been playing more Elden Ring. <laughs> what's, what's your playtime on that now? Oh... I'm getting close to 100 hours at this point, and yeah, I am still nowhere near the end. Oh, boy. Are you just doing side stuff? I, with Elden Ring, you kind of have to do side stuff, just because of, like, with how much stuff that they've put in, bosses give you significantly less souls, or runes in this case, so, like, it takes ages to actually level up and, you know, get stronger so you can equip better gear and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of have to, like, venture around everywhere just to, you know, stand a chance at, like, the end game stuff. But, like, the really annoying thing, though, is, uh, like, shortly after last podcast, I believe it was, uh, the, uh, the weapon I was using, they nerfed into the ground because apparently it's... Yeah, because apparently it did really, really well in PvP, and, of course... If there's PvP scene, even if like 0.1% of the player base plays it, you know, devs will always, you know, cater towards them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, every boss fight since then has been just an absolute mess. <laughs> it just hasn't been fun. Like I, I go from like doing decent damage because, you know, my build just wasn't optimized specifically for that weapon. It was kind of all around, but also letting me use it. But, yeah, it went from, like, you know, doing a decent amount of damage to, like, tickling bosses. (laughs) So I thought, well, screw it, I'm starting over. (laughs) Oh, God. I I don't blame you. Yeah, because, like, after putting in, like, yeah, after putting in, like, 30, 40 hours into the, like, main save file only to, only for the devs to ruin, like, all the progress that you've done, it's like, yeah, why not start over at that point? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm doing uh, what I usually do in uh, Souls games and going pure tank and spank build. Big shield, big sword. And my lord, I'm having so much fun <laughs> with that. Just, just with uh, one new addition... That they've uh, that they've added into Elden Ring is guard counters. So like, if you hold up your shield and an enemy attacks it, if you hit a uh, heavy attack, it'll uh, it'll actually bring out a uh, uh, and yeah, it'll bring out a strong, fast counter attack. And since I'm using what's essentially guts's greatsword at the moment, it just one shots dudes. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. like my, my playstyle is just sit there, be patient, wait for them to tire themselves out with their weird long five-hit combo, and then just smack. <laughs> just smack them. And yeah, it has been, it's been quite fun. 
But yeah, other than that, there's not much else I can talk about Elden Ring. Just it, it it's a great game. It really is. It, it's probably like you know, game of the generation material. It's, it's the equivalent of what Skyrim was back was like eleven years ago. And then I, dude, and then I suppose Breath of the Wild five years ago. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like that reminds me, Elden Ring sold more in its first week than Skyrim did. That's how big this is. Yeah. That's impressive. Because, like, Skyrim was built to be, like, you know, uh, this is uh, Elden... Uh, Elden Ring. It's an Elder Scrolls game that uh, that anyone can play, while Elden Ring is like, nah, this is just more Souls. Just <laughs> more Souls-like games. Like, yeah, we want that. I'm hesitant yeah. to jump into Elden Ring, because I haven't played any of the Dark Souls games, and I do get frustrated when it comes to, like, you know, games being too difficult. Then again, I, I play Bullet Hells, so mm. maybe that's, maybe that's, counter, maybe that's counterintuitive. Yeah. Um, but, like, for someone who hasn't played a Dark Souls game, is it a good entry point? It, this is the most approachable uh, okay. Souls game, in my opinion. It, ma- mainly just because it has a jump button. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, like... Like, the other Souls games, like, while technically having the ability to jump, they were always mapped to something really weird, like right stick or double tapping B after holding it. Sure. For a bit, this is weird. But yeah, now A is just the dedicated jump button and just general movement is so much easier. And just about every weapon in the game can be used for the entire thing. You don't need to go out, kill a specific boss and build specifically around the weapon that they drop okay yeah so yeah this is the most approachable souls game okay i mean i do have dark souls remastered on my xbox so i could dive into that but like i do like the open world nature of elden ring and that looks a bit more yeah approachable. yeah it I is so. yeah it is way more approachable until, you know, <laughs> you notice that the sky changes colors. Like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> this looks bad. Yeah. It's concerning. <sighs> Welcome to Kaelin. <laughs> it's, it's one of those games I'll buy, like, in three years when it's, like, $20 instead of 80 or $90. Yeah, yeah. And I'll get then. Because I'm not going to spend, you know, an obscene amount of money for a game I'm not completely sure about. So I'm yeah, like, oh, I'm gonna hold out for now. Yeah, but it does look, it does look fantastic. Oh, uh, it is, it is incredible. It is just a truly beautiful game. Yeah, it's not. It will not run on Switch. Oh hell no! No, nah. <laughs> there is no way this is coming to the Switch. Elden Ring Cloud version. <laughs> don't, even, don't, <laughs> don't. I already got bad news, like, yeah, bad vibes from the, uh, you know, new PlayStation Plus thing that was announced. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all PS3 games are going to be, you know, over cloud since PS3 is notorious for just awful emulation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, aww. They really shot themselves in the foot, you know, 15 years ago with that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just make the PlayStation 3 really weird. That's what overconfidence gets you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, other than Elden Ring, um, while everyone else was uh, playing Kirby in the Forgotten Land, there was uh, a little a little game that came out called uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. 
Uh, for those uh, for those that don't know, uh, this is a Borderlands spinoff, and I am a massive Borderlands fan. I have Borderlands 2 on just about every console it was ever on, and I used to speedrun uh, Borderlands the pre-sequel. Like, to, altogether, I think I've put, I think, 8,000 hours in the entire franchise put together. Oof. Yeah, I, I, I love me some Borderlands. But, uh, yeah... My thoughts on Borderlands 3. I talked about, like, when I first joined the podcast. Yeah. It's not good. It's I really, really not good. Yeah. So, yeah, when this came out, I was very skeptical. It's like, please don't be bad. Please don't be bad. Hmm. And as I talked about on, like, our personal Discord, first couple of hours, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Because, <laughs> like, it is... Like, it is a side game that is entirely narrated by Tiny Tina. If you've never heard Tiny Tina before, imagine being drilled directly into your ear, but it doesn't hurt. Then in that hole that they've drilled into your ear, someone spills a whole bunch of hornets in there and then begins drilling in your other ear. And then the Hornets start singing a really bad rendition of Carly Rae Jepsen's, um... Friday. What's that song? <laughs> no, that's the other person. Uh, Call Me Maybe. But oh, they no. Yeah, but they replace the words with something to do with zombies. Yeah, Tiny Tina is about half as grating as what that sounds. <laughs> she, she's an awful character. I hate her. I hate her so much. But, like... So, yeah. yeah at least like, they just... didn't over-sexualize the character in this one. Oh, thank God. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. So, because, yeah, this happens. Yeah. Uh, Wonderlands is set in between Borderlands 2 and 3 as like a spin off thing. So she's still young. While in Borderlands 3, she's an adult and she wouldn't stop talking about sex. And it was weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the dialogue is just horrendous still. It is just awful. But then, like, after a while, when you finally get access to, like, side quests and you don't have to listen to it, it's like, hey, this game's actually not that bad. It's actually not that bad. Well, so, like, it, it, yeah, it started to pick up. It's, it has some interesting ideas, because, like, it's changed some things around with uh, how Borderlands usually works. Like, specifically with uh, your classes and all that. Because, like, originally, like... While technically they were considered classes, the classes themselves were characters. So, like, people would say, it's like, oh, I'm not playing the Psycho, I'm playing as Krieg. I'm not playing as the Gunzerker, I'm playing as Salvador. Yes. You know, stuff like that. But now, like, since Wonderlands' whole thing is like, it's a D&D game that you're playing, but with guns. Uh, you're actually playing classes. You can actually customize your own character and... Which, which is really weird, because Borderlands' whole customization thing is like, what color do you want your character to be? Do you want them to have, like, a weird head? And that's about it. But now this has, like, full-on, like, sliders. Uh, you can... Yeah, it, it has, like, uh, sliders for, like, pretty much every bit of the face. You can turn off, uh, like, face uh, symmetry, so you can just mess it all up. Just You just play with putty essentially but like 
The uh, the trade-off with that is instead of like each class having three skill trees, it only has one. So there's only like one real way to play it, but you can multi-class, so you can mix and match two of them together. I love to make yeah to like make essentially whatever you want. So like that's kind of fun, but because of that, a lot of the skill trees are very basic. There's not a lot of like big bombastic skills that completely change how gameplay works. Like, there's no, um, yeah, there's no skill like the Psycho's, hey, just turn into a massive hulking, like, beefcake and restore all your health when you're nearly dead. It's just like, hey, your numbers go up. But big numbers do big things. Yeah, big numbers do do big things, though. But, like, eh, it's it's still good. The, the game is pretty good when you're, you know, away from the main cast. Which are just celebrities doing yeah, their the, voice. Yeah, the, the, they're just celebrities, which is really upsetting. Like, as someone who loves voice actors and voice acting, just hearing celebrities being celebrities is, just bums me out. Like, the antagonist is just Will Arnett. Yeah, I remember Will Arnett being on the, I think it was one of the um, events for it. Yeah, it was like, Will Arnett's the main bad guy, uh... Andy Samberg Andy, is yeah. Wanted. Andy Samberg is yeah. just some guy, and Wanda Sykes. I I can never remember her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanda some, Sykes. Yeah, Wanda Sykes is you know Fred the robot lady, and yeah, there's just no, just it's just them. They're not playing a character. It's just them. It, it's <laughs> their voice is just. It's a, hey, it's a, like Andy Sandberg's probably the one putting in the most effort to his voice. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. He's actually trying. But yeah, Willana and Wanda Sykes is just there. <laughs> like, all in all, I am still having fun, but like, I still haven't finished a playthrough yet since I'm streaming it, so I only get to play it like a couple hours a day. And it's starting to wear off its welcome. Because areas are so huge. Mm. It, they, they really focus more on the side content more than the main content. Because I, uh, I think they're kind of wheeling it back after the backlash of 3. Because just, yeah, Borderlands 3's main story was so long and no one liked it. It was just so poorly written. So they wanted to, I'm guessing they wanted to, uh, you know, expand the side stuff more. So there's just more to do. Yeah, I noticed it didn't review as well. No, no. It's, like, visually the game is great. The game is fantastic because, you know, being, like, D&D themed, it is, like, they can do whatever they want with it. And it's kind of cool when they're on the overworld, like, you've got, like, you know, cans on the board or, you know, bottle lids to act as bridges (laughs) and stuff. Yeah, like there's a lake you got across that is just a spilled can of soda. But like, <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> like stuff like that is fun. But like, but yeah, when it comes to like everything else, it just doesn't feel as good as other Borderlands games. But I do like some of the changes. Like they finally made melee weapons a thing. Like you can actually loot melee weapons now. 
but that yeah, okay. also yeah but that also comes with the caveat of like they have stats like um uh melee speed which is usually significantly slower than bit just the ma uh, basic melee button of all the other borderlands games and it just feels worse like yeah, yeah it does more damage but it just feels worse yeah yeah because i imagine it's working off the same engine yeah it's the same engine as uh three yeah so uh, and, that, and that's based around like you know kind of more of an fps kind of engine so melee mm. notoriously doesn't really work too too well in that in those kind of setups yeah yeah and to my knowledge anyways yeah and like that that's another annoying thing that's like a major gripe i have with uh borderlands as a whole is uh i love melee builds in these games i really do but they mm -hmm. haven't made a good melee character since borderlands 2 and just looking at uh the melee build that you can like yeah the melee class specifically that you can get in wonderlands it's just so underwhelming because yeah because yeah the melee class is called the berserker bur as in cold so like half of its uh skill tree is melee while the other half is like frost damage so like if you just want to do the melee it's like i'm not gonna touch these uh ice damage skills that's just completely worthless then it's like but i want a ice build why would i want all of these melee skills that's dumb it's it just feels like half-assed. Feels like they mixed two classes together that just weren't ready. Is yeah. the Stabomancer a like melee build? I know it's a crit build, but like does it's, it do melee stuff? Uh, I think one of the action skills technically does melee damage. I don't know because like action skills can uh some like if it's a hard to explain it's like one of its uh, uh action skills is like it throws out two daggers that just spin around in a circle it's like a big aoe uh... I, yeah i haven't checked if that does melee damage or ability damage um so, ghost blade yeah. dealing melee damage having okay so it does yes. melee damage yeah okay so, so that's also yeah. another melee build that you could try out but it's yeah. a different kind that you don't want to do you want to do big hit yeah, big. Yeah, me hit big. Yeah, and like technically, yeah, technically there is a third melee class, it's the Clawbringer, as well. But it focuses mainly on fire and lightning damage with a little bit of melee. And it's it's kind of a mess. The skills are all over the place. It really feels like that the uh, the uh, the classes that they actually put time into are the ones that focuses on spells. Yeah, because yeah, spells are in the game. They replace grenades. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I've been I've been talking about that too long. God damn, I just just looked at the time, nearly twenty minutes. Oh jeez. <laughs> Lastly, um have either of you two uh heard of Hotshot Racing before? No. Yes, I reviewed it. Oh you did? Yeah. What'd you think of it? I gave it eight out of ten. It was pretty good. Yeah. I completely missed this. I saw a uh yeah, I just randomly saw uh, someone post uh, footage of it, like on Twitter, and like, oh, this game seems all right. Yeah. So I did some, yeah, I did some searching. Like, Sumo Digital made this. Uh huh. The the guys that made Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed, one of the greatest kart races of all time. Excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> so like, it was a, an immediate buy, and like, I am having a blast with it. It is it so is. much fun. 
It is very good. It's very, very smooth. Even on, because are you playing it on Switch? I have it on PC because yeah. I didn't know it was on Switch. <laughs> well, even even on like on Switch, it runs flawlessly. And oh, with... it's fantastic to hear. Oh yeah, absolutely. And with the with the art style, it's very you know simplistic, you know polygonal. Um, yeah, so yeah. It it works really well for that. But yeah, it's smooth as butter. It like kart race, like well, not kart racing, but like racing its fundamentals. It nails perfectly. Yeah, yeah, that's always been uh, Sumo Digital's, like, strongest skill when it comes to the racing games. It's just the basic racing fundamentals are yeah. just flawless. They are fantastic. But, yeah, like, while this is uh, presented more as, like, a realistic racer, it still has, you know, kart racer-style, you know, controls to it. It does. Yeah. So you got, like, the basic, like, hold to drift and... Like if you hold the drift fast uh, long enough, you get boosts, and ugh, you just go stupid fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! But yeah, like right now, I've uh, I've basically done like all of the uh, grand prix or whatever they're called, like all max them out. So now I'm just uh, messing around in time trials, just uh, getting my best times, and uh, yeah, they can. They they really know their uh their audience. It's like they don't bother. Oh, sure. Yeah, they don't bother with uh you know like beginner times, like intermediate times. It's like no, race against the devs just immediately. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've beaten three so far. Like they're they're pretty fast, but like they're not crash team racing nitro field levels ridiculously oh, difficult. Oh, those devs are insane. <laughs> yeah, they are. I'll beat you one day, William P. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. But I yeah, that's, I, that's what I've been playing. I think my mate, like, because I'm actually looking back through my past review and it, like, it's triggering my memory. I think my main gripe with Hotshot Racing was that the courses were a bit samey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, were. They're very, they're very simplistic in a lot of ways, which was the downside. So, like, after I played a couple of cups, I was like, oh, I'm just kind of doing the kind of the same thing. I don't know if they updated that since launch. Uh, they do the have, yeah, they do have DLC, which adds, I think, four new courses. But, yeah, they're kind of the same thing. Yeah. But, okay. uh, yeah, uh, Hotshot Racing has the same problem that uh, Chocobo Racing has. It's instead of having, like, a whole bunch of different racetracks, you have, like, areas. And then they change like turns and stuff mm, around, yeah. and like yeah, that's a new track because left is now right, Ooh. and it goes a different way. Woo! And yeah, <laughs> like a lot of the tracks do get pretty samey, but yeah, Hot Shot Racing is actually fantastic for what it is. It's it's clearly made with like a very small budget. Yeah, so it must have been like leftover money they had from. Oh, this came out in 2020, so probably, yeah, the leftover money of uh, Team Sonic Racing. That yeah, got. that didn't do well, did it? No. <laughs> no, it did not. Uh, it, it feels like more of a more of a passion project, I, I'd say. So, like, a lot yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. I imagine a lot of the devs probably grew up with, like, arcade races. Yeah, And it's yeah. very much a Daytona uh, kind of style to it. Yeah it's, very, yeah, it's very Daytona with, you know, Sumo Digital's, you know just flair for uh you know their controls how many yeah. times did you uh, hear the daytona sound alex working in the cinema yeah 
Uh, don't, I, I just hear it in my sleep to this day. Daytona. Uh-huh. All <laughs> the time. It was always there. And especially when it was quiet, it just, that's all you heard. <laughs> that, that's when it starts. Uh-huh. So it's, it kind of gave, like, playing Hotshot Racing, it kind of gave me flashbacks for better or worse. Like, no, no, it's yeah. happening again. <laughs> Cold sweats. Uh, but yeah, like, I'm surprised that somehow flew under my radar being, you know, such a fan of Sumo Digital and their racing games. I mm. had no idea that was even a thing. It is very good. I'll... You get, you do get every now and then you do get some indie titles like that that are surprisingly good. Mm. But I'm the guy who kind of keeps keeps track of these things, aren't I? Yeah, that yeah. that's your job. <laughs> I'll um yeah I, when we because we, we filled out like our preferences for all our all our genres, uh, you're pretty much the only person who put down racing. So you're yeah. getting all the racing games. Yay! That racing was. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what have you been playing? Uh, I have been well. Some of the facts, of course. Oh, right, yeah, the fact, yeah. Um, so I thought because it's relevant to today's news, uh, I'll do a couple about Zelda. Ah, yeah. Um, apparently, they were going to give Link a button nose like Mario. He kind of, I mean, he did kind of have that in the in the original artwork. Yeah, uh, this uh, initially this changed once Ocarina of Time, like so that's when the look was defined. But yeah, um, one of the designers, their wife was like, well, "All of Nintendo characters have funny noses. Don't you have any handsome ones?" Nah. It's like, yeah, no, like a lot of the Nintendo characters have that like big bulbous nose. Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely a, um, it's definitely an animation style choice from uh, from like you know Disney and classic Disney. Yeah, um, I'm actually gonna put a uh, piece of artwork in the in the Discord, like because this is from the original NES game. This is a piece of artwork. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's definitely larger. Yeah, like, yeah. I think. Yeah, as, but especially going into into 3D with Ocarina of Time, they did have to make kind of make that decision because I suppose it would have been seen as maybe too cutesy. Yeah. With especially the, what they were going with Ocarina of Time. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy with the choice. After this, um, apparently Breath of the Wild was designed to be the same size as Kyoto. I feel like I did hear that somewhere. Yeah, so he's like he could, he imagined how tired he'd be trying to walk across it and how much time it would take, or how quickly a horse could run that distance. <laughs> it's like, huh? So yeah, apparently, like someone's like got a map off what Kyoto is, and it lines up very close. I love that. Yeah, it's always neat when you know they take real life inspiration. As someone who's been to Kyoto, yeah, it's yeah, I. It's it's a it's a very it's it's a it's an amazing place to just you just walk and you just explore and you'll find you'll find things everywhere. So if you ever go to Japan, Kyoto definitely should be a one of your one of your top places to go and just ha- have a day where you don't go anywhere. Just well, not not like have a have a day where you're not specifically going somewhere and just explore. Yeah, and it's that, amazing. That's always it's always good to do that. Yeah, we found we found like arcades down weird side streets and then like they went underground and it was this massive uh, like it was just machines everywhere 
were like, oh my god, this is like finding a gold mine, literally. That's pretty neat, actually. It was. It was amazing. That was when I tried Pokken Tournament for the first time. Ah. I found it in just some random, random down, like underground uh, arcade place. Back before, you know, that back when the uh, characters were exclusive to the arcade machines before they released the Switch version. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was it was well before the Switch version, even in Japan. Yeah. It was like 20, early 2016 I went. Yeah, so that would have been back when, you know, those only way you could play like Blastoise and that was in Japan. Yeah. It was great. It was that was that was an awesome time. And they had the the Pokken controllers. Ah uh, yes. Which are actually really bad. <laughs> yeah. I bought one and I don't know why. Regret. I don't know why. Regrets. So in terms of games that I've played. So haven't had time <laughs> again because it is picked right back up because uh South Australia is in a COVID crisis again. Yay. We're always in a COVID crisis. Yeah, we've had like another spike with we're getting over 4,000 numbers a day. Okay. Uh, I just, I don't keep track anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's white noise at this point. Pretty much. It's hard. It's just so like, you know, I'm getting quite high numbers. Uh, so I've played Triangle Strategy. I hit a brick wall in the end game. Oh no! Why? Um, so basically, there's a certain point where you lose a party member because of what decision you choose, which ends up deciding what ending you get. Okay. And that's where you basically hit the end game. And I'm on the first mission from that, and it's just I've just been like brick wall, just like completely in, like it's so stressful trying to get past it. It's like uh, there is a high number of high level enemies they have um an ability that lets um like the boss has an ability that can what does she do again uh stop so like it's a five square cross symbol or plus symbol same thing um and if any and like any of your team is hitting that they cannot act for two turns that's difficult it's brutal and they have like a lot of like you know massive damage like bursts and it's just like oh it's it's so difficult trying to like keep going i'm like why is this so hard make it easier <laughs> like i know it's the end game was just like oh my god this is just way more difficult than it should be that is rough so, how many how many hours have you put into that one now? Uh, let me actually just quickly check because that would be. I've got this file here. I'm wondering uh, if you're beating Jake's Elden Ring. Not that much. <laughs> uh, thirty-six hours. Okay. Thirty-six so it's, hours. It's not too long of a game. Obviously, you wanna you you wanna do all the um other pathways, but yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think by the time I've finished everything, it'll be bound for that 50-hour mark. I was going to say, like, I could maybe do 36 hours, 50. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it, it's probably be 50 by the time, especially with the difficulty curve just spike. Yeah, okay. I mean, I put 75 hours into Octopath. Yeah, fair. 
Yeah, that game is huge. Mm-hmm. It also has a massive end game. I can't remember that. Like, once you beat, I think, the fire boss, you can start doing multi, like, path quests, which, like, different party members are combined into a story, and then there's, like, a big eight-party, like, storyline, I think, at the very end. Oh, uh, I don't think I did that. I remember hearing something about that. I can't remember what happens exactly. I just remember it. someone mentioning because I never got to that point myself. Yeah, same. Because that, that's just a way too much investment. Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys didn't do it, then I definitely didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Big investment. No one has time for that. <laughs> but yeah, like, it, it's genuinely fun, but it's just, it's a big, big time. Yeah. And I ain't got time for that. <laughs> Being an adult. Yep. Uh, and then in addition to Triangle Strategy, I played some Mario Kart again. And Smash Bros. Jackbox. In a box night last night. Love it. Good fun. Like just... Uh, we played Jackbox 7 and 8. Oh, the newer ones. The newer ones, yeah. There's this some odd games they do in that. And then they've I... uh, got Drawful animated. Oh, fun. So, like, that you do fun. two, like, it's a what two, like, frame animation. Yeah. It's actually quite neat. It's only one round, though, instead of two rounds, which I think was in the original Drawful. But which is fair, it, it did drag on. Yeah, they, those games do tend to. After a while, like you're like, okay, let's let's move on. Yeah, but there's always there's always a couple of people who just want to keep doing the same games. Yeah, we were we did Quiplash three, which was pretty fun. Yeah, I like Quiplash. Yeah, Quiplash is good fun. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, wow. yeah, we did that. Um, there was like a spinning a wheel spinning one where you have to answer trivia questions. Which is difficult when, you know, a lot of them are like, hey, America. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then they did a D&D one and four of us got 12 out of 12. <laughs> <laughs> Nerds! It was, what are the base classes in D&D 5th edition? I'm like, well, this Here is we going to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, let's get going with this. <laughs> Good fun, though. Yeah, like, I, I'm not going to complain about the game. It's just it's a, a very expensive for what it is. That's I think the problem with it is like it's way too expensive. Yeah, and especially because they're up they're up to what eight now. Yes, and they don't yeah. do bundle packs, and they're all on separate launches. Yeah, so I th- I think the the general hype around Jackbox is starting definitely starting to die down. I'm wondering. Yeah. How, like, because I'd be curious about sales and how that's all going. I mean, they're churning them out like crazy. Mm. They are. Even more than Red Colony. Don't remind me about that game. <laughs> um, Who's got the third game? Uh, no one. We, no we one. declined it. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, we, we did, a, we did a giveaway with the code. I already. Fair choice. I gave Dylan the first one, you the second. I'm just like, nah, I'm not going to do that a third time. You're not going to make anyone suffer for it. 
Nah, and technically it's like a continuation of the story. So it's just yeah. like, if it's a continuation, then only Nathan can do it, and Nathan's doing triangle strategy, and I value his friendship. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the story. So, well, there you go. I, yeah, I don't think there was all that much of a story to begin with with it. No, there really wasn't. How did the third? Let me just let me check the third game. How did it reviewed? Um, I'm assuming not very well. Red Colony Two got. Th- uh, well, the first one's on 35% Metacritic. The second one only got one review. <laughs> it got 60. Ouch. We're not Metacritic affiliate. No, we are not. <laughs> Which is surprising, considering how much we boosted recently. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to try we, that we, again. We've and definitely Colony, made some numbers, but... Red Colony 3, same. One review, 60. I think it's the same. Um, same. Reward. They're uh, they're fairly generous to give them sixty. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. It it really isn't. I... No. The Red Colony one that review is a bit more accurate. Thirty five Metacritic. Yeah, and that's, that's thing when there's just one, it it raises questions to me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's done by Cube 3, which is... They're quite reputable in terms yeah. of indie reviews. That's odd. Yeah. Oh, well, it, it could just be one person who likes it. So yeah. It, you know, good for them, I suppose. So, Alex, last yeah. month, what have you played? Um, yeah, not much. Um, but I have been playing a little bit. I I finally finished Rise of the Third Power. Hey. I did finish it. It was it was fantastic, and it, yeah, it it yeah. De- there there will be a sequel. I'd be very surprised. It does clearly lead into a new story, well, a continuation of the story. Yes, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I did say I was going to do the side quests. I won't. <laughs> I even looked around for a little bit. And I couldn't find it, and then I kind of gave up after like twenty minutes. It's on I'm one like, of the islands. I know, and I looked on the islands, and I just kind of got bored. Like, this, it's like a big like a, there's a cave in one of the islands and you'll see like pillars around on the world and they're ah. the pillars that you have to destroy basically uh you have to fight his dad yeah you were saying that it's got something to do with his dad yeah his dad's a lich ah, that's, well like, that makes sense actually yeah <laughs> is he just like you know chilling in the cup in a in a cave somewhere um think uh, yeah it's a cave on one of the islands i can't remember what island exactly but it's one of the lower end of the items like islands like at the very end of the map yeah okay and yeah i won't go back to it but it is it is a real it's fantastic game um yeah uh i am excited for the next one and i probably will go back and play arafel eventually yeah i want to get onto that eventually but it's just finding time yeah it was on sale did you pick it up yeah, I picked up on Xbox. Yeah, cool. Because it was like sixty percent like, off. Yeah, that's when I got it. Yeah. So yeah, definitely get it when it's cheap and play it when you can. But I, yeah, nothing more to say about it because we've we've spoken about it to death. But the the ending, like it, it stays fantastic. Oh, how good is that final like two like character fight? Are you? Yeah, like yeah, where I can't. Where it's just the two characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, without, you know, spoiling anything, like, that is 
it gets pretty intense. It does. Yeah, it's it is really good. And but I I got through the final boss like those uh, boss fights. I got through them quite easily. Yeah. So they weren't as hard as I expected. So I don't know. Maybe it was... especially if the, like a, if you have the right strategy, it's not difficult. Yeah. Who did I go in with? Um, it was Aiden. I I always fought with Aiden. His play plague and drain was just ridiculous. Yeah, um, plague is so solid. Yeah, I know it's crazy. And I always fought with Raina as well because she's obviously the healer. Yeah, and and shield just is crazy OP. Yeah, she's really good for shield. Yeah, and then I think I I normally swap out my third one. It's normally like Karina or. Uh, sometimes I do go, I did went with, um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Rowan. Um, yeah, he's good for single targets. Yeah. And kick. Yeah. Yeah. He was good for that. But, but then I realized that the damage wasn't even the, the final, final bosses, um, main attack. It wasn't even that powerful when, when I had shield on. So I was like, ah, I don't need him and I'll just keep shield up. And then I just think I swapped him out for Karina. Uh, oh wait, no, yeah. Ro- no, Rowan's not in the last one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. That's yeah. Then who did I have? I don't know. Maybe I just went in with Karina because she has uh, sleep powder. Yes, as yes, well, which does. which which does do that. Or maybe it was Cade. Because I at the end I'm like, okay, well I want to see if Cade is good, so I you know put all my skills into him at the yeah. end. And he does, he does really pay off. Oh, yeah. He was very strong. Oh, yeah. No, he's... Yeah, Gabe has some really good abilities. Yeah. And I didn't really use Ariel much because she's, she's really good. Like, I always had Ariel in when I faced... Normal enemies? Yeah, because you can just one-shot them, basically. Like, and then, yeah, I think it was, like, Sunday? Was it? Yeah, I think it was Sunday. Um, his main attack that hit everyone. Yes. When you have that alternate weapon. Yes, which it makes it a lot more stronger. Yeah, and it doesn't cost any like any MP. Nope. Nah, so that was really good. Anyways, yeah, we can keep talking about this for a while, but yeah, Rise of Third Power, we've gushed about it so much, but everyone play please, it. Please get on I'll, it. I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. I've put it on my wish list. Yay, that's all we can ask. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. Another one is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. So, yeah, I did get around, like, you know, completed this in, I think I completed it in a day because I got the game on the Friday and then the review was up on the Sunday. Yeah, so I noticed that review went up real quick. Yeah, I just Yeah, that's smashed. impressive. I had a whole, I had like a whole weekend, nothing to do. Like, my assignments were done at uni. So I'm just like, I'm just going to get it out there, get it quickly done and then be done with it. It was really, really good. Um, gave it 9 out of 10 uh it's kind of it's it's not exactly what i wanted from a kirby game because i want to kind of sandbox kirby uh but it makes sense to go with a more yeah yeah but it does make sense to go with the super mario 3d world um kind of yeah yeah like it's it it's a good jumping point from 2d to 3d because it does it's basically like making a 2d game into a 3d game yeah they've they've used the same structure but there are there's a lot of collectibles and a lot of side um side passages if you look for it which is really good the game's not that difficult bosses are super easy but that's that's kirby yeah for you um kind of what you expect yeah like uh, most of the bosses just I've, eldritch horrors 
well, yeah, most of the bosses I finished like within a minute. Um, and like, there was no, there was, there wasn't really much strategy to it. I just kind of like went up with a hammer or something and just started going crazy with it. Um, but it is, it is a fantastic game. Like definitely if you, if you wanted a Kirby, a 3D Kirby game for a while, it's a, it's a good start for it. I do hope one day for a sandbox 3D Kirby, but I'll take what I can get at this point. It, it might be a while before you get something like that. Yeah, I'm thinking so. I don't think they would go with the sandbox just because of the way Kirby is structured. Yeah. yeah. But we can dream. Uh, but Eventually. That's all. So that's all we've been playing. We'll move on to the news. Uh, just before that, though. Um, oh, excuse me. Sorry. My, my voice is going. You can hear it. Mm. Um, we do have our uh, Patreon. For just $1 per month, you can get the podcast two to three days early. It all goes towards supporting the website, paying our writers, keeping everything running. And remember, if we do reach that $100 per month goal, we will help, uh, it will help us to make the podcast a weekly show, which we can cover more news, which, I mean, there isn't too much news at the moment, but um, when there is a lot of news, these, these episodes do tend to get backed up. So the weekly episodes will help that. So for just $1 a month, and you can get the podcast two to three days early. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of news, so the yeah, this was not ex- not surprising at all. But Breath of the Wild sequel has been delayed to spring twenty twenty three. Yeah, who is not, not surprising? Nah, not at all. And I was thinking that as well, and everyone was talking about it. Like, there's twenty twenty two is packed. Mm. There is a lot it to sure play. Sure is. The, like, yeah, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. It is, and for games like this. I'm willing to wait because you want it to be perfect. Yeah. And they, I mean, this is, this is just me, um, you know, just thinking of hypotheticals, but like the game could almost be done. They're just, pol- they're just using that time to polish it now. Yeah. yeah. And that'll help in the long time. Exactly. Exactly. And considering, because what have we got? We've got, Triangle Strategy, which, you know, was a month ago, but that's, that's been a big one. Kirby, um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Advanced which is a massive game in September. Yeah, <laughs> Advance Wars somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Pokemon Green Legends Arceus. Yeah, and got, yeah, the new Pokemon's coming out later in the year. Yep. Exactly. So there's a lot of, and a lot of big open world games as well, or if, if not big open world, just like, well, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. That's a, it's kind of gone a little bit more open-y, um, open exploration. So you've got that as well. There's Bayonetta 3. There's a lot in, in 2022. So I think this, yeah. this is not surprising at all. Yeah, and like yeah. all those games were just, you know, Switch titles that you just talked about. This isn't, you know, talking about other massive games like the aforementioned Elden Ring. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this year is huge with games. Well, Elden Ring kept beating uh, Breath of the Wild sequel for most anticipated game at the Game Awards. So oh, yeah. Elden Ring can win Game of the Year this year, and Breath of the Wild 2 can win it next year. And yes. everyone wins. There we go. Yay. Or, I mean, you've got God of War Ragnarok. Uh, oh, yeah, else? that's coming too. That's coming too. Yeah. <laughs> you had Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Uh, it didn't do very well, did it? It, it did. Uh, uh, okay. Like the, the Horizon games have always come out 
at awful times. Terrible timing. The, yeah. yeah, the first one came out when the original Breath of the Wild came out, and uh-huh. the, the sequel came out the same day Elden Ring came out. Yeah, they didn't plan that all that well. With those Apparently ones. Starfield's still on the table to come out this year. Oh, exactly. yeah, Starfield. <laughs> yep, exactly as well, and that's like a 100-hour RPG, so uh, I think it, it makes Gotham sense. Gotham Knights. Yeah. What else is there? There's so many things. Have you guys seen the... Did you guys watch the video? I skimmed through yes, it a Yes, yes, I did. There's not too much, like, because they, they're showing basically everything from the E3 trailer that they launched, but there was a little snippet that shows the Master Sword. Yes, and it's, like, all crumbled up. Yeah. Blowing. Yeah, yeah, and LinkedIn. Like, oh, no, that. it's Fee again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but it's it kind of goes into like what happened with his arm as yeah. well, or like maybe the master sword, like something happened with it and it destroyed his arm. Maybe there's also Bane at a three. Yeah. Mm. So do you guys have any theories about the, about the sword? Like what happened to his arm? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think this is just Nintendo getting back at people saying that durability was annoying. <laughs> now your hero's durability. <laughs> uh... Like, screw you, double down. <laughs> We're right, you're wrong. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, it's a blessing in disguise, I reckon, that delay. Yeah, um, any help. other... Any other comments on that one before we move on to the next bit? Nah. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, E3's cancelled this year. Yeah. Surprise. I wasn't yeah. surprised. Yeah. So apparently the ESA are just going, you know, they're, they're still coming back like in 2023, but they're just taking the year to... Yeah, they um, can't... Like, I mm. heard someone said like they're kind of scrapping it and rebranding it. So not 100% sure about that, though, I but think maybe? Yeah. What they're going to do is get rid of the stage shows and just make it a uh, kind of like packs. Yeah. Where you yeah, come try of. the games and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's and a press it, event, and the public are allowed in and try out the new games and stuff. Yeah, gotcha. And then, like, you replace it with events. Yes, all digital events. All like digital events, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, that is just the way it's going. Yep. The interesting thing, though, is that they are late to that game. So things like the Summer Games Fest, Future Game Show, even IGN's doing one, the Gorilla Collective, they've been doing it for a couple of years. Mm. So the fact that E3 is behind IGN. Yeah. Well, it's mainly because, you know, like a lot of E3's money was because of the spectacle. Yeah. Very so, true. Like, yeah, they didn't want to, you know, drop that. And they kind of shot him, shot him in the foot a little bit. Especially mm. with COVID. Well, yeah, that was a bit unprecedented. But then, obviously, you know, they had a couple of years to, to adapt to that, and I suppose they were just hoping it would calm down earlier. I think that's what everyone was banking on. It's like, nope, it's been two years. It's just here forever now. Yeah, we're just living with it now. It just is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably 
this is probably good news at the end of the day. It doesn't mean that games aren't going to be announced. No, it just it won't be as collected. It'll be yeah. say a month of news instead of a week of news. Exactly. E3 and perhaps you know gaming purists like um you know maybe in the older generation as well. Um, you know when I say old generation, maybe like late thirties onwards. Um, are just used to E3 being the be all end all. Yes. So it's there there's a lot of options now and e3 isn't the one and only thing one and only event where you get all these big announcements at one time it is spread out through the year and personally i prefer that because e3 is just a stressful time especially for game media mm. you know yep. i especially when it's at two in the morning yep well yeah yeah australian game media it's oh yeah horrible. that was dreadful yeah like streaming the uh presentations before i even joined here that yeah. sucked <laughs> that sucked that was not fun <laughs> no, streaming at four in the morning for something i'm probably not gonna care about exactly yeah and that's the thing as well like it's it's a lot of fluff and it's just like just get to the announcement so i can go to bed and that was yeah that was a big part of it and i remember yeah i remember doing news articles when we did news articles and it was just it was just hard and it was just like one thing after another and I was just I remember I put up a an article that was only like two sentences long because there was literally nothing else to say about it. It was just two sentences and the YouTube embed trailer and that's it. And then I got a lot of flack from people saying, you know, I clicked on the link and there was two sentences. I'm like, I'm trying to cover everything else. I'm like, there was like just me doing it. So it was kinda like it's just not worth it. No. At the end of the day, because I cut like if we cover it, so does thirty other. other. Exactly, and no, and you know what's the value? And he that and that person that commented, they're right. What is the point of clicking on a link that only has two sentences? I mean, that's all there was. Exactly. So it was kind of like there's not much else from the thing that you can really talk about. It's like exactly, exactly. So yeah. it it'll, it kind of just seemed pointless, and then I and then we stopped doing it, but. Yeah, well, I mean, back to the the point, I guess, though. It is, it is things are changing. This is definitely like a revolutionary uh, period for uh, game media. Uh, but it's, it's, it's been a long time coming, for sure. But I think this has been the push that it needed. It was funny that Jeff Keighley commented, like he pretty much had a tweet ready to go, saying about how uh, Summer Game Fest is still going. It's like he knew this was going to happen. Yeah. So they commented, they posted it at five. When was it? When did they post it? It was like five o'clock in the morning Adelaide time, like South Australian time. And then at 5.24 in the morning, Summer Games Fest publishes <laughs> that it's, it's happening in June. Wait, hey, we're still going. Yeah. It's very, very on the, on the nose. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. And he had a little winky face as well. It's kind of funny. But that was all for the news. So, yeah, it was only two bits. I actually had a third bit, but it turned out to be an April Fool's joke. So, never mind. Yay. I uh, love this time of the year. I know. It, oh, <laughs> like, it's not just like the two days. It expands out because you get stuff like on Facebook. There's a, oh, here's a yeah. post from 24 hours ago. It's like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Do your research, my God. <laughs> and people are like, oh, I'm not sure if this is an April Fool's. Like, then look at it yeah. and don't post it. Don't just yeah. click at the link and just go, hey, let's share it here. It's like, oh, people. 
Have you noticed Facebook's been doing the, um, we've noticed you're about to share this without reading it? No. I, they, they've changed it now. So yeah, when, when you don't read the news article and click on it and you just click share on Facebook, it, it comes up with a prompt. Huh. I love that. I've I noticed that's, yeah, I've noticed that's been happening uh, when I uh, actually post up my reviews on my personal Facebook. Yeah. yeah. I, don't need, I don't need to read it. I wrote it. I wrote the damn thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because I, I, I did see that because someone, some, someone shared something with me. I think it was through Twitter and I read it through there. And then I went onto Facebook and shared it from there. And then it came up with it. I'm just like, good, good. I'm so happy that that's... But that's, that's not going to stop anyone. No, it's not. You you can opt in to you know share anyway. Yeah. But it's just a, I don't know. I like it's it. A, have a second think before you do this. Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, we'll move on to the indie roundup. So this is a section we just talk about some upcoming uh, Switch games that are coming that uh, obviously are independent. That are either there's either a lot of hype around them or that we just feel like they deserve a little bit more attention. Uh, we've got six, so not much in terms of news, but a fair bit in the indie scene coming up. The first one is the House of the Dead remake. So, Eight. I mean, everyone probably knows about this already, but I'll still read the the synopsis. So, the House of the Dead remake is a remade version of the game introduced in 1997 in arcade in arcade platforms. A classic arcade rail shooter receives a whole new entourage and gameplay changes to suit modern gaming standards. It didn't really... That, that was pretty straightforward. Yeah, it was but, pretty, pretty short. Yeah, yeah. But it is... It's kind of how I remembered it. I remember... I never played it. Oh, it's really good. I think the only one I played was Time Crisis 4? Yeah, very, yeah, very similar to Time Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only like arcade shooter that I played. Cause... Arcades uh, every... are expensive here. They are. Oh yeah, yeah. and then yeah. they they didn't catch on a no. lot in Australia. Yeah. So uh, is this specifically like House of the Dead one remake, or is it a it... collection or something? I believe it's just the first one. Ah, yeah, so no typing of the dead. Damn. No typing of the dead. <laughs> the, I can't believe that's also a an arcade machine. Could you imagine if it did have Typing of the Dead on there and you had to play with the, um, with the pop-up Switch keyboard? Oh, God, oh that'd no. be awful. <laughs> and you definitely don't want to play that in, in docked mode. Because that oh, came please. out on the DS as well, didn't it? I think so. Actually, I'm going to look that up. Because um... I know there was a typing game on the DS. I don't know if it was Pokemon. There, there was a Pokemon typing game. Yeah. Yes. Yes, there was. Uh, English of the Dead. Pokemon okay. Typing Adventure. Yeah, Damn, yeah, that's... that was Pokemon Typing Adventure. <laughs> My brain auto-corrected that to Pokemon Typing of the Dead. <laughs> um, yeah, sure enough, there is... It's called English of the Dead. Huh. And you, you don't type, you write. With huh. a stylus. With a stylus. That's actually that really cool. Makes sense, yeah. Neat. I'm going to... Because sh- it's just like a... I'm just looking at a long play video. I'm going to share this with you. There we go. But anyways, uh, 
House of the Dead. So this one has because it's it was very much around the arcade, you know, aiming and gyro sensor, like um, no light sensor. Um, but this one you have the gyro controls if you wanted to go down that route. Or I'm pretty sure it does have your you can just use your standard controls from a controller. So I think the I mean looking from the quality and of the screenshots and everything, it looks like a fairly decent um, remaster. Or remake. Yeah, I, you can't complain about it. No. No, it looks really good. So that's seventh seventh uh, of April. Next one, you've got Happy's Humble Burger Farm. So congratulations, you've just been hired to work the night shift. You'll be all by yourself, but we trust you can handle it. You'll be grilling patties, operating deep fries, and pouring drinks at our quiet restaurant on the edge of town. The customers sure do love the menu. They can't get enough of Happy's Deluxe Fantastic Fowl and poppin' pork sandwiches. Pork the fri- sandwiches. <laughs> the fries and salmon nugs are also a big hit. I hear rumors of happy dogs and, des- uh, and desserts in the near future too. When each customer makes an order, it's up to you to make a plan and execute it well. If you give customers the wrong order or take too long, it'll count as an infraction. If you get three of those infractions, well, let's just say happy the humble heifer. Heifer, yep, thank Heifer. you. Happy the humble heifer isn't as joyful when the customers are upset. Do not upset happy. Trust us. But hey, you'll do fine. Just as long as you don't upset happy, you'll do great. We believe in you. So it is very, um, it's, you know, horror. Horror Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. It's it's one of those, hey, it's a very mundane thing, but we spookified it. Woo! Essentially, yeah. I have played a little bit of the PC version because that launched about six months ago. It's very uh, rudimentary in a lot of ways, but it is creepy as hell as well. So, yeah. Um, it's a little, uh, like, the controls take a little bit of time getting used to, and then you do get attacked a lot because of that, because of your infractions. Yeah. The game's tutorials are the best. But once you get used to it, it is, it is actually quite fun. But that one is April 7th. Next up, we've got Chinatown Detective Agency. Uh, this one is coming to Game Pass. So, just a little mention there. Uh, midnight in Singapore, your contacts are no-show, your client wants answers, and your empty bank balance hangs over you like a neon-tinted sword of... Damocles. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to so 20... you already waiting for it. Yep. Pretty much. He's just like, uh, he's not going to get that. Welcome to 2037. Welcome to Chinatown Detective Agency. So this game, I just, I love the art style on this game. The lighting is fantastic. Oh yeah, that lighting is really good. Very interesting. Yeah, so like very neon. Uh, like just very interesting the way that it's presented. Yeah, it's, it does have a, a fantastic art style. And it's, I think it's a, because what kind, adventure, puzzle and other. But I think it's got like visual uh, novel elements as well. Mm. But yeah. Definitely check out that one. That is also April 7th. Moving on, April 14th, we have another horror game. It's very horror-centric, this roundup. I've got Tormented Souls. Classic survival horror comes to Nintendo Switch. Solve puzzles and face sinister enemies in deadly combat at home with your console docked or on the go in handheld mode. Play as Caroline Walker as she hunts for missing twin girls in a cavernous abandoned mansion. Can you confront your fears and uncover the secrets of Winter Lake, or will you die trying? 
I just think it looks like um, Resident Evil. Like yeah, this is one. this is very clearly inspired by uh, classic Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, not much more I can really say about that. It's just yeah, it's very very classic Resident Evil. So if that's if you're missing, because like Resident Evil's kind of going in different directions. If you're missing the original style, check out Tormented Souls. We've got Sock Adventure. So this one is in this challenging 2D platformer game, play as a superhero and help the kid to find all the missing socks inside the cursed washing machine. Sock Venture has stunning colorful graphics, handcrafted levels, tight controls, and fun, ever-changing gameplay. So basically, <laughs> basically, a re yeah, basically a really difficult 2D platformer. Again, uh, stressful. Yeah. Yes. But you're inside a washing machine. Which is and kind this, of fun. This is why Sonic the Hedgehog told me not to play in them. <laughs> yes, great advice. Please, please, please tell me you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't. I assume this is back on the was, 90s cartoon. Yeah, back yeah. in the original 90s cartoon, they'd do PSAs, and one of them was, uh, hey, don't play in the washing machine. It's great advice. Apparently that was the thing that kids did in the 80s, and it was kind of an epidemic. Really? Um, yeah, apparently. It was weird. Well, I can say one thing. Um, when I stayed in New York one time uh, back in 2004, it was the coin-operated like, laundry machines, and it says, don't put children in the laundry machine. Mm. Mm, good advice. Yeah, you, you think that would be pretty clear, easy to work out, but apparently not they enough that they it. had to put a warning on it. <laughs> that's hilarious uh, last one I've got uh, this one is also 14th of April this is the one I'm most excited about uh, for this roundup so 2D and Top D is a 2D platformer and a top down puzzler hybrid switch between, switch between 2D and Top D and their unique perspectives and watch how the game bends to the rules of the current genre solve mind melting puzzles overcoming hard as nails Hard as nails challenges in the precision platforming sections of the game. If you're having a hard time, you can modify some of the game's rules in the difficulty settings. That's a terrible synopsis. Yeah. That's just a feature. Anywho, um, you can play it co-op as well. That, that did say that. Anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it better. Basically, it's a 2D platformer, but on the fly, you can flip it to a top D perspective where you can change um, some of the platforms. So you can interact with the platforms in order to solve the puzzle, in order to get, you know, like the key, for example, to unlock uh, the... It's kind of like a uh, Paper Mario... Yeah. Super Paper Mario. That's one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's probably a really good way to... So yeah, you're switching between two different perspectives, but I'm pretty yeah. sure you're playing as two different characters as well. Yeah, it looks like a... Yeah, so 2D and top yeah. D. That explanation makes these uh, screenshots make way more sense. I know, yeah. right? That was a horrible synopsis. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've I've been seeing this game on like over on Twitter in the indie scene for a couple of years now. So I'm actually really excited. As soon as I saw this go on there, I'm like, oh, I remember that. Because it's one of those games where, especially once you see it in action, it's very unique. Mm. It's also very clear. Yeah, well, yeah, the game kind of explains itself in a lot of ways. It's a lot more better than the synopsis. Oh, yeah. 
Well, that synopsis anyways, that's for sure. Um, so that was our indie roundup. We'll go on to, well, we normally go on to the Patreon question, but unfortunately we didn't get anything this time, but that's okay. Um, uh, please join our join our Discord. That's probably the best way to do it. Um, you can always ask us questions there. We do call-outs every fortnight, but you can always just drop us a question anyways. We're, you know, we're pretty approachable. We're always happy to, to chat. Um, but obviously Twitter, Facebook, or obviously our Patreon as well. Patrons do get priority. Um, but yeah, and we'll, we'll accept questions from anywhere. Yeah. Uh, we'll, mo- we'll move on. We'll do everyone's favorite part of the podcast, name that game. But I, do, I, I mean, I do say that, but I remember last episode, you guys um, d- tried something different, which I didn't mind. I actually quite liked um, that you went for something a bit different. So for anyone who didn't listen to the last episode, it was um, instead of doing name that game, these guys just talked about their love of card games. And I kind of like that idea that, you know, on every second episode, we'll, instead of doing name that game, we'll uh, pick a random discussion. So I actually quite like, what about next, next episode we talk about D&D? <laughs> Shut <Sure>. yourself in, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be more than just half an hour. I was going to say, we have to limit ourselves to half an hour because otherwise I think with some things we can just keep going forever. So... Mm. It will just be half hour tops discussions on, you know, it can be gaming related. It can be something completely different. But I think that's a good way to mix it up um, so that we're not doing name that game every time. And now something completely different. (laughs) But we did do the card games last last time. So we do have name that game this time. For anyone who's not familiar, uh, I have a game. These guys have to guess it. They have five guesses to do so. Uh, Two between, sorry, two before question... Let me start that again. Two between hints one and five, two between hints six and nine, and one after the final hints. They have two lifelines. Uh, they can ask me a yes or no question first, and then they've got the switchaboo lifeline, which I did get from, uh, from Steve. And we also, you can swap those, you can use those lifelines for an additional guess, which I think you've only done once, but you have done it. Yes. But... Let's move on to the hints. So this game launched on Nintendo Switch in September 2019. It is a puzzle game. The Switch version has an 81 on Metacritic. According to howlongtobeat.com, the game goes for anywhere between three to five and a half hours. And the game is praised for its reactive music. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not sure. Oh, like a puzzle game with music. I was going to say, this might be in your warehouse. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like the only thing I can think of is, you know, things like Necrodancer and, uh, you know, the, the Hyrule one. But I, uh, you know, they're not yeah. puzzle games. Hmm. I don't know. Well, it's part of the overall genre. It's, it's a puzzle game. It's got puzzle elements. Okay, puzzle elements. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Okay, so, well, technically it does have puzzles in it, so, yeah, is Curse the Necrodancer? Uh, no. Alright. Good guess, though. I'm not sure. trying to think. We can't think of anything, then, yeah, Cadence of Hyrule would be my other guess. Just in case you're trying to, you know... Cover both bases? Yeah. Yeah, cover both uh, no. bases. All right. 
So next, a lot of hints developed by an Australian studio. Oh, it's Untitled Goose Game. He got it. That was good. All right. <laughs> I have other uh, hints if you want to hear it. But... <laughs> okay, that was, yeah, that was really quick. And I was thinking way too much on the music side of things. <laughs> so in regards to that hint, so yeah, it's praised for its reactive music. So when you do yeah, anything... reactive music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes way more sense now. Yeah. yeah, and like when you're sneaking up to something, it has like it's like yeah, yeah. It's I love I love that game. It's such a great game. Have we um, done Untitled Goose Game already in this? I don't think so. Or maybe we did. Kind of feel like <laughs> we did. I didn't have it underlined. I have like a whole list, yeah, and I underline them when I do them. Maybe, but maybe I maybe I forgot to underline it. I don't know. Yeah, and um, I just I just forget what games we do like as soon as the podcast ends. So <laughs> <laughs> too real. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. So other hints. Lying. It also has stealth elements. Was nominated for best independent game and fresh indie game at the 2019 Game Awards. It sold over a hundred thousand copies in its first week on Nintendo Switch, which is. Even more impressive because it launched the same week as Link's Awakening, that remake. Oh, yeah. And last hint is you do not play as a human. Um, I, do, I do love, yeah, I do love Steve's hint as well that he provided. I won't, I won't play it, but basically um, he says as an acronym, it spells out the, um, a popular shoe brand. I would not have gotten that <laughs> at all. I yeah. am not good with acronyms. I know, and I thought that was hilarious. I was like, that's such a nothing hint that I have yeah. to keep it. <laughs> I would have said something like, uh, it was played by the Muppets on uh, some bloody... Uh, I forgot I what too. award show it was. Yeah, it was like Bunsen and Beaker played it. <laughs> I, I loved it. Wasn't that the Game Awards? I think, I think it was, it was the like, Game Awards, yeah. It was the Game Awards. Yeah. I think that was like 2020 when it had an update or something. Yeah. You, oh, that's right, because you play co-op. Update. Yeah, it was yeah. a co-op update. I love that video. I remember, I vividly remember that video. That was great. But yeah, that was, um, that was named that game, and that was episode 31 of the Switchable podcast. Yeah. Any, any final, final notes, comments, or anything? Uh, no, it's pretty quiet this week, honestly. Yeah. It was. Yeah, not too much news. Uh, got through the I, indie roundup pretty quick. I think a lot of things don't want to release news around April Fool's, even just like a few days before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, except for E3 being cancelled, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I posted it... Yeah, I posted that in, like, our Discord. It's like, hey, we got news. It's like, this is an April Fool's joke? It's like, yeah. no. Nah, <laughs> no, nah, this is real. I know, I did not, I just, tur I turn off during the, during those couple of days, so I'm actually surprised that, <laughs> and with the Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel as well, that was mm. around that time, I'm just like, I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, it, it makes things hard. Uh -huh. So, hopefully next week, uh, maybe we'll have like a back, a backlog of news. Maybe. From, from everyone. That's quite plausible. Yeah. 
But yeah, so if that is all, uh, obviously definitely follow us on our socials. We've got, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is at Switchaboo. Twitter at Switchaboo News. Uh, pinned to the top of our Discord channel is also uh, t- to the top of our Twitter page is our Discord channel, um, which, like I said, join, ask us, ask us some questions, interact with us. We're pretty, we're pretty chill. Um, you've also got our YouTube channels, so Switchaboo and Switchaboo Joy Plays, and like we mentioned as well, Patreon, so Patreon.com/Switchaboo, where you can help us out by just one dollar per month. You can get the podcast two to three days early. But thank you, everyone, for listening, and remember to have fun. See you next time. See ya.